Hi, and welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb. And this is where you'll receive the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise kids of character and our culture saturated with media and technology. We call it Brave Parenting because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to not only keep on top of technology, but then discern how to incorporate that into your family's life. So our ultimate goal here is to keep you educated and equipped to raise your tech-savvy kids. Welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be talking all about the app Messenger Kids. And at the time of this recording, it is April of 2020, and we are in the middle of a pandemic. COVID-19 is really sort of almost at its peak right now in the United States, and we are all stuck in our homes trying to navigate distant learning as our kids are doing online school. They're not able to see their friends, and we're all trying to figure out how to maintain relationships, keep our kids not only engaged in learning, but also just entertained and insane, if you will, because we're all stuck at home. Well, Messenger Kids has been around for a few years and really hasn't been that popular, but now because of social distancing and the desire for kids to still maintain relationships virtually, Messenger Kids has become more popular. So we're going to answer that question, is Messenger Kids a good, safe app for kids to be using right now to connect with family and friends virtually? And also, even after this is all over and we're back to our normal lives where we can hang out with friends and go to the movies, is Messenger Kids right for then as well? Well, let's jump in and talk about Messenger Kids. Fact number one, the basics. Their tagline is made for kids, controlled by parents. Already right off the get-go, we love that. We love when something is made for kids that is friendly towards them, but gives the parents control that we can see what they're doing and monitor as well as maybe set some boundaries and limits within them. So this is a child-friendly messaging app that is owned by Facebook and created to mimic Facebook Messenger. But it is designed for kids ages about 6 to 12. So there is no ads and there are no in-app purchases, which is fantastic. Messenger Kids does also have a bunch of child-appropriate features such as GIFs they can send back and forth to one another, filters, frames, stickers, masks, and drawing tools that make connecting more fun, maybe expressing themselves more fun. So these filters are very similar to what you might see on Snapchat or Instagram or, or lots of different apps where you just click a button and all of a sudden you might have pink hair or you'd be wearing glasses or maybe your head even turns into a dragon or something. I would say that this is, you know, kind of that silliness that kids love, but I myself have been in group messages, um, video chatting with adult friends who are using these filters and loving it. So I guess it's fun for all ages, especially in these times. Now, Messenger Kids does not require the child to have a Facebook account at all, which is good, of course, because no child under 13 should have a Facebook account. And it also does not require a phone number. Even better, it doesn't automatically create a Facebook account for your child when they turn 13. This is basically an account under your own. It's totally separate than the Facebook as the social media. Now, fact number two is the setup. Once you download the app, either from Apple's App Store or Google Play for Android, it's available on both, you authenticate your child's account by using your own Facebook username and password. 
So if you don't have a Facebook account, this would definitely be problematic because you do need one in order to set your child up here. Then you're going to decide what features of the device the app is going to have access to. They're going to ask you to be able to send notifications, also to access photos and videos. This is in order to save and send media back and forth between contacts. And then also access your camera and microphone in order to take photos, record audio, do video calls, and whatnot. And then finally, you create their account by using only their name. You don't have to use their first and last name. You could use a code name or a nickname, or you could just use their first name with a last initial for increased privacy. The app will then tell you that this part is for your children, and it'll ask them to take a picture of themselves. If you prefer, you don't have to use a picture of your child. You can just leave it blank and skip that, and then it sort of just puts a messenger kid's avatar in that position, but that does increase the privacy for your child. Fact number three, contacts. Now, parents can add contacts for their children on their account. Basically, Facebook is going to suggest contacts based on your Facebook friends. So primarily what they're doing is they're looking at all your friends and which of their kids have messenger kids, and then they're going to suggest those. Well, for my own sake, a lot of my Facebook friends, kids who were on Facebook Messenger, aren't actually the friends that my kids want to talk to. So if your child has a friend who they want to communicate with, you may need to reach out to that parent if you're not friends on Facebook and ask if they can either create a Facebook Messenger kids account in order for the two of them to connect. Now, a child can also have a contact who is an adult. The adult does not need the Messenger kids app. Instead, they can actually use their regular Messenger app, which is owned by Facebook as well, in order to connect. So this is really great if they want to connect with grandparents, aunts and uncles, any other trusted adults that you know that they may want to maybe video chat with or text with. This is a good way to do that because if they already have Messenger, they're already set up. Now, fact number four is the parental controls. We'll spend quite a bit of time here because the parental controls on Messenger kids are actually quite fantastic. If you go into your own Facebook account, say on your phone, down at the bottom of your feed in the bottom right corner, there's like three lines. It's kind of like the more options button. And under that, under the Explorer, you'll find Messenger Kids. And this is where you can find all of the parental controls for you to monitor and limit your child's Messenger Kids account. So here it'll let you edit your child's information, such as their birthday, their picture, their name, whatever you might want to change. You can also activate sleep mode. Now, this is a great feature. And basically, when Messenger Kids is in sleep mode, your child can't use it. It's sort of like downtime for the Apple phone. You can apply start and stop times on your child's device. And it's all going to be related to the time zone that is set on your child's device. And they give you both weekday and weekend options, which as we live right now, every day sort of feels the same. <laughs> but again, when this is all over, and the kids are back in school, those weekday and weekend options are going to be very important. Now, just a note, because they do say that the start and stop times apply to the time zone set on the child's device, it is known amongst kids on how to get around time restrictions that are set by parents, whether it be a third-party monitoring restriction or Apple screen time, is to go into their device settings and change the time zone. So if you live on central time zone, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're changing it to Australian Gold Coast time. That's a big difference. And they can get themselves off of that restriction 
by changing that time zone. The best way to do that is to block the kid's ability to change those account settings, which you can do very easily in Apple's screen time. Now back to the controls that you can do in Messenger Kids, you can also create a four-word code in order to find each other. So when this is activated, kids can give this four-word code to friends who can then request your permission as the parent to be approved as your child's contact. So this is another way that kids maybe at school could connect with each other and say, oh, well, use this code to request to be my friend, and then my mom can approve it because you've got this code, you know it, so you know that it came from your child. I don't think that this feature is like super necessary, but I can see why Facebook created it. Another feature that you can change and edit here is the online status. So basically, you can allow or disallow your child's contacts to see if your child is online or not. Facebook says, you know, this is a good way to help them know when a good time to talk is. It's very much like Facebook where you can see who's online right now. Again, sometimes if you just leave the app running, it may not always be accurate. But again, for increased privacy and security, you may want to turn that feature off. Now, as of February of 2020, Messenger Kids has actually ramped up their parent dashboard. And so now they also give you these added features. You can see contacts and chat history. So basically, you can review who your child is communicating with and how they're doing that communication. Are they video chatting or are they texting? You can also review a log of the images of inside the chats. So basically, in the past 30 days, you can see the photos and videos your child has either sent or received. This is very important as some pictures could be inappropriate. It's a great way to intervene and really educate your younger child on what is appropriate inside digital communication. What kind of memes or gifs may be misconstrued or taken the wrong way or what is just maybe inappropriate. You can also review the blocked contacts history or the reported history. So essentially, they're going to give you a list of all the actions your child has taken, such as blocking a contact or reporting a message as inappropriate. And the parent is also going to receive a message that this is done, but nonetheless, they provide you a log of this. Now, my thought is, as a parent, if I'm approving the contacts, I would assume that my child isn't going to block one of the contacts I've approved because that is probably someone they want to talk to. So I'm not really sure how often your child will be blocking contacts. In fact, generally, when I'm teaching digital communication to my kids, and I teach this to other parents as well, I teach them not to block contacts before talking to an adult or a parent. A lot of times, kids find this as just an easy way to sort of get back at a friend who may be annoying them, or they may be upset and they had a little tiff. And instead of dealing with it and communication, the easiest way to just turn that person off and make them mad is just to block them. So when my children block friends, I always say it should come to us as the parents first. What's going on in this relationship, in this text thread that is so disturbing and so rough that you need to block them? Really, the blocking should be reserved for when someone is being really inappropriate, someone may be bullying or harassing you, and that, of course, should always come to the parent first. So that's an important teaching point. Another feature here in the new parent dashboard is that you can remote device logout. So if you're allowing your child to log on to Messenger Kids from multiple devices, essentially inside of your controls on your phone and your Facebook account, you could log them out of one device or another. Generally, I recommend 
that there is one device assigned to the child that they have the Messenger Kids app on and that you know, and that way it's controlled that way. They shouldn't be logging on and off through maybe multiple siblings' devices. Be much better if they had their own device. And the last feature in the new parent dashboard, which I really love, is your ability to download your child's information that Messenger Kids has. So now that download is going to include a list of all of your child's contacts, their messages, and the images and videos that have been sent and received. Now, Facebook does make note here that when you download this information on your child, they'll send a message through Messenger Kids and tell the child that the parent has downloaded the information, which really shouldn't come to a shock. When our children are using these digital communication tools, such as Messenger Kids or even just standard texting, one thing that they've got to know is when they send something, not only is it out there in the digital world forever, but it's out there for the parents to see as well. There really isn't anything such as virtual privacy, and so there isn't going to be privacy from parents. Kids need to know that if it's worth sending to that friend, then it's worth parents seeing. And again, teaching them that if you wouldn't want grandma or grandpa to view this picture or to read this text, then it shouldn't be sent. Everything sent digitally should be appropriate. But I do recommend if your kids are using Messenger Kids, that you should do this at least maybe on a monthly basis. It really provides an opportunity to sit down and teach your child on any points of digital communication that may be lacking or that could be improved, especially at this young age. This is a very nice controlled environment where you know the contacts, you have to approve the contacts. And so we would expect that all of these conversations should be appropriate. But digital communication is hard. So here you can review it all and say, maybe this picture shouldn't be sent. Maybe this text was a little too harsh. Maybe you could say it nicer this way. Here's some other ways that you could have expressed yourself digitally when you typed this text in a way that might not have upset your friend. These are all great, great ways to teach. And I love that Messenger Kids provides this information for the parent. That brings us to fact number five, the ratings. Now, Apple rates it as four plus. Google Play says E for everyone. And Messenger Kids notes that it is designed for kids ages 6 to 12. At Brave Parenting, we say that you could definitely use it between ages 6 and 9 with some pretty firm boundaries for its use. And then ages 10 to 12, absolutely, with boundaries, but maybe less stringent than the kids who are 6 to 9. If the app is used, as their tagline declares, made for kids controlled by parents, then we absolutely believe that this messaging app is a safe place for your child to communicate with those known, trusted friends and family. We really, really love the fact that both sets of parents have to approve the addition of any context. So if my child wants to connect with Jenny, not only do I have to approve Jenny as a contact, but Jenny's mom has to approve my child as a contact. So you have both parents, so it's dual accountability on both ends because both of us as moms and dads are going to know that they are on this app, they are digitally communicating or video chatting, and so we both know that we can monitor that. Also love the fact that there are the no in-app purchases and no ads, and there's also no backdoor to the internet. Generally, I think that this is a really fantastic app for kids to connect, especially during this time of social distancing and this sort of captivity we're all experiencing with COVID-19. Kids can benefit greatly from having a connection with friends 
cousins, grandparents. I've spoken to several parents who are now using Messenger Kids, and that has been very beneficial. They've implemented a lot of boundaries, but the fact that they've been able to communicate with cousins, see them face-to-face, people who even live in the same town, but they can no longer see anymore, it's been a great way to keep their kids' spirits up by being able to connect in that way in a video chat with those loved ones. Now, here are some brave parenting best practices that we recommend. Number one, allow for certain timeframes for the app and the device to be used. What we don't want is a child now carrying a device all around the house because they sort of have this texting and video chat ability. And so they want to be able to see whenever a new message comes in or whenever someone tries to video chat with them. We still want it to be in a certain time frame. That way kids know there's a time to be on the device and there's a time not to be. Frankly, that idea of carrying the device all around and being sort of a slave to every notification, there is enough time for that in adulthood, even in the late teenage years. We don't want to teach that to our kids now at the ages of 6 to 12. Just because we are in this social distancing and isolation, we don't want to create these bad habits. And then when they do get a phone or a device a little later in in their years, to think that this is the appropriate way that it's going to be used and handled. Number two, best practice, allow for certain locations in the home. Be very clear with your child if you're going to use this app, where they can video chat, where the device is going to be if they're texting with one of their friends or family members on this app. Again, we always say these devices shouldn't be behind closed doors. They shouldn't be in bathrooms. They really should be in open places. So if the device is always placed in the kitchen, then we can say you can video chat in the kitchen or anywhere downstairs or maybe even outside. Maybe there needs to be a parent or an older sibling present while they're doing that. You know the boundaries that you need for your home, but definitely recommend very specific locations. We know that right now, at those young ages, these conversations and the pictures sent back and forth could be very, very innocent. But also knowing that as they get older, a lot of that innocence is lost way too young as kids start sending inappropriate pictures, nudes, and start sexing one another. So we want to make sure that we set the standard early and firmly with our kids that devices during video chat and devices that can take pictures are always used in public spaces. And the third best practice, and I mentioned this before, it was to use this opportunity to teach good character and digital communication. Read your child's messages. Correct and redirect any time that you have a, an opportunity to really teach them how to be kinder, how to be more respectful, how to be you know just loving and encouraging through this digital communication. Give them suggestions on how to reword. Or like I said before, ask more questions before responding if the conversation is going sour. So overall, Brave Parenting does give its seal of approval for Messenger Kids. There is enough good in it that we think it is really superior to using just standard text messaging. And because of the the way that they provide the parental controls, they are really fantastic. Since most adults are on Facebook, it makes it an easy way for you to control the app. And we know that Facebook has had a lot of privacy and data concerns. But for the most part, as long as you're monitoring, as long as you know we are going by their tagline, made for kids, controlled by parents, and you're making the safety precautions regarding their privacy and how much information they're putting out there, 
think this can still be a very effective, useful app, not only in the time of social distancing, but beyond. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you miss anything in the show or you want to learn more, you can find us at braveparenting.net. If you have any questions about this show or have any stories about messenger kids, we would love to hear it. You can email us at podcast at braveparenting.net. For an in-depth look at how you can build strong character using the technology that kids love, pick up a copy of our book over on Amazon. It's called Managing Media, Creating Character. And don't forget to subscribe, whether you're listening on Apple or Google, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, share this with your friends. This is how we can get more parents to be encouraged and equipped to raise their kids. Thank you so much for listening to the Brave Parenting Podcast, where we believe that character is greater than media and every child deserves a brave parent willing to set a new standard. Until next week, stay strong and be brave. <laughs>